Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. In the quiet town of Greenleaf, Indiana, a high school teacher is about to be married. After three long years, and I'm sure a lot of you were asking, what was the problem? You said it! <laughs> a former student is about to be honored. And the winner is Cameron Drake to serve and protect. But for Howard Brackett... I'd like to dedicate this whole night to a great guy and a great teacher, to Howard Brackett from Greenleaf, Indiana. Oh a bombshell is about to drop. And he's gay. First I was afraid, I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never Howard, what is he talking about? I have no idea. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm just a little teacher in a little town. Oh, it's going to be fine by tomorrow night. Hoo-ha! We'll even remember. There he is, that's him. Mr. Brackett, do you know Ellen? A teacher in trouble, a town under siege. Are you? What? Uh, oh. Oh, home, uh, home. homeroom teacher. Of course the guy thinks you're gay. You're smart and well-dressed. And really clean. And you're kind of prissy. Prissy? Welcome to our series on exploring your masculinity. Stand straight and tall. Truly manly men do not dance. Oh, come on. Mr. Brackett? Yes? Watch the hands. Oh. Paramount Pictures and Spelling Entertainment present a story about a man who was pronounced out. I may hire an attorney. I may sue. Get Johnny Cochran, not that woman. Before the jury was in. Does anybody here know how many times I've had to watch Funny Lady? You're our son and we'll always love you as long as you get married. I need some beauty and some music and some place cards before I die. It's like heroin. Kevin Klein. Look at me. Do I look like a homosexual? Would, would, would you walk for me? In and out. Repeat after me. Yo. Yo. Hot damn. Hot damn. What a fabulous window treatment. What a fabulous window. That was a trick. Hey there, it's Brian Davis. And for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie In and Out from 1997. The studio is Paramount Pictures, release date was September 19, 1997. The running time, 92 minutes, and the rating was PG-13. The budget was $35 million, and the box office took in $63.8 million, making it the 25th ranked movie of 1997. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 71% fresh from 51 reviews. Their critics' consensus is it doesn't always find comfortable ground between broad comedy and social commentary, but lively performances, especially from Kevin Klein and Joan Cusack, enrich in and out mixture of laughs and sexual tolerance. Roger Ebert at the time gave it three out of four stars, and here's his review. In and Out is a light-hearted PG-13 rated comedy about homosexuality, so innocuous you can easily imagine it spinning off into a sitcom. Its opening moments were inspired by the moment on the Oscar telecast where Tom Hanks won Best Actor for Philadelphia and then thanked his gay high school drama teacher. The story goes that producer Scott Rudden, watching the broadcast, imagined a different outcome to the story and pitched it to screenwriter Paul Rudnick, who, under the pen name Libby Gelman Waxner, writes a funny column for Premiere Magazine. 
The result is one of the jollier comedies of the year, a movie so mainstream that you can almost watch it backing away from confrontation, a film aimed primarily at a middle American heterosexual audience. 30 years ago, this movie would have been controversial. Now it's simply funny. Kevin Klein is almost always dependable as a comic actor, and every man who tries to keep his dignity while his life falls apart. Here, he's well-matched with Joan Cusack as Emily, the fiancé who has lost dozens or hundreds of pounds under the inspiration of Richard Simmons in order to slim down for her marriage to Howard. in and out is a lot of fun, an audience pleaser that creates characters that only become more likable the more the plot digs in. Rudnick is a gifted screenwriter whose movie Jeffrey from 1995 was not as relaxed about sexuality as this film is. The director and sometimes Muppeteer Frank Oz knows that while the predictable means the death of comedy, its closest relative, the inevitable, is essential. Only the ending bogs down. There's a scene in the high school auditorium that could have been recycled directly from a Frank Capra movie, and without giving it away, I will say that it's too long and too coyingly uplifting. On the other hand, the movie takes a cheap shot at Barbara Streisand that's so funny, it will probably even make her laugh, and in a year where good comedies seem hard to make as ever, in and out is one of the best. And that's the end of Robert G. Ebert's review. Now, I saw this movie in the theater when it first came out. I thought it was hilarious then, and specifically the characters portrayed by Joan Cusack and Bob Newhart. They're just show stealers, and I'll get into the other terrific actors now. All right, the main cast. So normally I go into a little bit of detail about the main actors in the film and their history, but there are so many big names to cover in this film. Uh, So my guess is you already know many of these names already, and eventually when they are in different films in my collection, I will spend more time on them specifically going more into depth. Now you have Kevin Kline, Joan Cusack, Tom Selleck, Matt Dillon, Debbie Reynolds, Wilford Brimley, Bob Newhart. It is truly a wealth of riches, and everything works seamlessly throughout the film. Uh, The director, Frank Oz. Now, I covered Oz's career in both the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and Muppet movie episodes. So between Scoundrels and in and out he directed the film What About Bob with Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray, House Sitter with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn, and The Indian and the Cupboard. Okay, let's get into the film. So it takes place in a small town in Indiana, and we're introduced to Howard Brackett. He's a very popular high school English literature teacher. That's Kevin Klein. He's about to get married to his fiancée, Emily, played by Joan Cusack, who is also a teacher at the school. Clasps the earth, and the moonbeams kiss the sea. What are all these kissings worth if thou kiss not me? That's it. (laughs) Mike, Mr. Brackett. Okay, that Cameron Drake guy. Did you really teach him? Yes, I did, Mike. Right here in this very room. Do you have a question about the poem? Yes, Meredith. When Cameron went here, did he have a girlfriend? (laughs) Jack. Uh, Mr. Brackett. Vicky, does this have to do with the poem? Oh, yeah. You have a comment about English literature or, 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 or romantic poetry. Absolutely. Oh, let's hear it. Well, when Cameron went here, um, he studied English literature and romantic poetry. <laughs> was he really cute? <laughs> no, he's had massive surgery, a complete overhaul. He was an iguana. <laughs> but you know, he loved this poem. Mr. Brad. Jack. It's here. 
Hot from Indiana State. And? Hey, Joe. Mr. Brackett, will you open it? It'll make it a lot easier. I mean, what if I... I mean, I'm not gonna get in. I, I bet that it just says nice dry, you moron, you, you loser. Get lost. Get uh, out of here. That's not quite the way they hey, put coach. it, Jack. Hey. Yes! You're in full yes. scholarship! Yes. Way to go! <laughs> yes! Gentlemen, are we having a practice? Ah, oh, we can't, you know. It's our coach. You know, he's getting married this week. And... Yes, that's correct. And he's drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk? Pretty soon! Beware. But honey, when you walked in here last month, I almost died. I didn't recognize oh, you. You worked very hard. Isn't she a knockout? Absolutely. Well, I just have been fat my whole life, and I was not gonna waddle down that aisle. And when I saw that Richard Simmons infomercial... I love him. Well, remember when he actually went to that woman's house who lost over 400 pounds using the tapes? <gasps> yes. I just thought, if she can do it, so can I. And you did. Bridal Barn, we salute you. Straight jackets. Yeah, it's a classic, the J12. You know, everybody in town's been stopping by, revving up for your nuptials. Look at this. Oh, son. I don't know. The Torme. Thank you. Well, uh few short days, Emily and I will be married. After three long years. Now, what you may be asking yourself was the problem. You said it! <laughs> <laughs> well, Becky, I think I have the answer. I vowed that I would not be married until Cameron Drake was nominated for an Oscar. I thought I was safe. <laughs> now, tonight's the night, for Cameron at least. And so, um, I'll let you all get back to your sets. And this Sunday, thanks to my mom and dad and Emily, it's going to be the happiest day of my life. Howard's parents, Bernice and Frank, are played by the great Debbie Reynolds and Wilford Brimley. As you heard from the last clip, Howard's students were very excited to discover that a very popular actor named Cameron Drake, played by Matt Dillon, was once a student of Howard's. To make things even more exciting in the normally quiet town, Cameron has been nominated for an Oscar for his portrayal as a gay soldier, and the town is anxiously awaiting the ceremony to see if he wins. <laughs> so the movie that Cameron stars in is ridiculously bad in a hilarious way, and unfortunately I don't have the clips they showed, but if you watch in and out, you'll just you'll crack up. The night comes, and of course, Cameron wins an Oscar. And then he gives his acceptance speech. Cameron Drake to serve and protect. Oh, my God! 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 Oh, my God
nice, man. Nice. I'd like to thank uh, a great director, uh, an incredible cast, my agent, and my new agent, but I'm just an actor playing someone. This really belongs to all the gay soldiers and sailors and other guys and women who defend this country to keep us free but can't date. So maybe I should uh, thank someone else. Someone who's really been there. Someone who taught me a lot about poetry and Shakespeare and just like, you know, <laughs> staying awake, man. <laughs> Someone who's just an overall great guy and a great teacher. To Howard Brackett from Greenleaf, Indiana. And he's gay. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this night, and I've decided to dedicate this whole night to a great gay teacher. Mr. Brackett, we won! As you might imagine, everyone is stunned by Cameron outing Howard, especially when Howard is not only about to get married to a woman, but he has never actually come out and said that he's gay. Almost immediately after the speech, Howard gets a visit from his parents. What? Mom? Dad? Is there something you want to tell us? Something about the wedding? I'm not gay. Oh, of course not. No, 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 no. My son's not gay. No way. No, how? No dice. No, no, sir. Put that boy on top. I don't know what that was about. I am outraged. I may hire an attorney. I may sue. That's right. That's right. That's a very good idea. You think? Cochran, get that Johnny Cochran. Not, not that woman. Good idea. Now, we have to remember, he's been in Hollywood a long time, and uh, he may be under the influence of something. Or he may have joined a cult. That little zombie. His family was, oh, I hate to say this, but when they lived here, they were not active in the PTA. Used to mow our lawn. Never again. Howard, we want you to know you're our son and we'll always love you. Gay, straight, red, green, if you rob a bag, if you kill someone. If you get drunk, climb a clock tower and take out the town. As long as you get married. I need that wedding. I need some beauty and some music and some place cards before I die. It's like heroin. Do you hear me, Howard? <laughs> Again, the cast is just great in this film, and having Reynolds and Brimley together is awesome. Howard, as he always does, goes to school the next morning on his bicycle, thinking everything will be normal. However, when he arrives, there are news trucks around the block waiting for him. The main tabloid reporter is Peter Malloy, which is... Tom Selleck without his patented mustache. He shaved it off specifically for this film. Howard tries to conduct a regular class lecture, but to no avail. And then we are introduced to the school principal, Tom Halliwell, played by the always hilarious Bob Newhart. All right. Okay, that's class, class. I don't know why I said it. I've been trying to figure that out myself, but that is not why we're here today. We're here today. Mr. Brackett, Mr. Brackett. Mike? 
Well, I've been thinking about it all night. Why would that guy say you were gay? And I got it figured out. I got it. What have you got? <laughs> Look at you. I beg your pardon? I mean, no offense, but you're an English teacher. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, all this poetry and odes and bonnets. Sonnets? And you're kind of prissy. Prissy? Well, not in a bad way. I'm, I mean, like, you're smart and well-dressed. And really clean. Doesn't look good. And plus, you got the drama club, and you ride that bicycle. <laughs> You've been engaged to Miss Montgomery for, like, three years? What, what does that have to... I mean, think about it. If you add it up, of course the guy thinks you're gay. Oh, oh, oh! And plus, he was in that movie. So his brain is like already going that way. And then he remembers you and he goes smart, clean, totally decent human being, gay. Gays in the space program. Lesbians on Mars? You have any comments? Excuse me, excuse me, he's Mr. Mr. Brackett, boys and girls. Mr. Hallowell. Howard, could, uh, could I? Excuse me. The school is surrounded. There are TV cameras, reporters. See, they want pictures of the Giga. <laughs> I, I tried to reason with them. I told them I was the principal, and they they, they mocked me. I'm sorry. Could you could you talk to them right away? Uh, class, page uh, fifty-eight. Yes. Learn learn all you, all you can. Mr. Brackett. Yes. Watch the hands. Oh, uh, good, good point. Everyone is talking about the same thing, not just the students, but also the faculty. The boys who always thought of Howard as just one of the guys are now apprehensive about being around him, especially in the locker room. He's getting married this week. <laughs> See? He's not gay. I, t- I told you. But man, think about it. I mean, like gay guys. I don't want to think about it. There's only two times where it's okay to do, like, gay stuff. Two, like, emergency situations. What? Which situation? Prison, when it's like a substitute. What? Or guys in space. Guys in space. Not on purpose. It just happens because they're weightless and they float into each other when they're asleep. You're so lame. Well, I know it's wrong. It's against, like, nature. Basic plumbing. It's the human body. It's divided up into in-holes and out-holes. And stuff is supposed to go in the in-holes and come out the out-holes. But gay guys, they like put stuff in the out-holes. Wait, so is your mouth like an in-hole? Right. You put burgers in it and brew. Mm -hmm. Unless you're sick and you puke and then it's an out-hole, so it's wrong. Guys, guys, come on, hustle. You're late for class. Let's go. What's going on? Um, Miss Brackett, could you like excuse us? Why? No, Mike's being a jerk. No, just until we're like dressed and ready. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the Oscars and Cameron Drake, does it? No. Oh, come on. Well, what is it then? Well, it's just, before the Oscars, it was different. I mean, you weren't... I wasn't what? Famous. 
you guys. <laughs> Howard tries to get away from it all by having a nice quiet dinner alone at a diner in town, but he's found by Peter Malloy, who wants to interview him. Howard is disgusted by all the publicity and just wants to go back to his normal life. That night, Howard's buddies throw him a bachelor party, which is unlike most traditional bachelor parties. Are we going to have a bachelor party? Yeah! Are we going to get down in there? Yeah! Disgustingly puking. <laughs> We've been working on this for weeks, oh, man. Yeah. We got all your favorite stuff, everything you love. Hit me. Triple X, uh, Little Oral Annie, Tracy Lord, lay some adult video on me. We got it. Uncut. Funny girl! Yeah! <laughs> Funny girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe this. Barbara Streisand? You had that little film festival last year. Yeah, you made us all watch all our movies. It was fun. All right. Oh, yeah. Guys, guys uh, I'm truly offended. I, don't you see, this is precisely the reason why Cameron Drake and half the civilized world think that I'm, you know. Well, I don't know how this got started, but this is my goddamn bachelor party, and I am not going to goddamn watch, pardon my split infinitive, funny girl. Me neither. I hate that crap. Thank you. You got a star is born? Oh, sure. A star is born? Oh, she looks oh, bad in star is born. Yentl. Yes, Yentl. I love Yentl. Yeah, Papa, can you hear me? Dudes, hombres, guys, guys, I'm sorry. I am I am truly offended. I thought I thought I knew you guys. I thought you were studs. I guess I thought wrong. I'm out of here. Hey, uh, maybe he's right. Yentl sucks. What did you say? Yentl, it sucks. It's boring. Say that again. She was too old for Yentl. Nothing like debating over Babs. While the normally quiet town enjoys the spotlight and talking to the Hollywood reporters, Howard is simply trying to be the great teacher he's always been. Unfortunately, during his meeting with Principal Howell, he gets a not-so-subtle vibe that if he doesn't get married that weekend, he may not have a job. And some of the more vocal and, frankly, bigoted parents have called about Howard continuing to have his job and teaching their children at school. Conflicted, Howard goes to confession, even though he's not a Catholic. This doesn't go as planned, as even the priest hilariously thinks the scenario Howard confesses makes it sound like he's a gay man. <laughs> we also discover that Howard's never even had sex with his fiance yet, after three years. What it sounds like is, Howard loves this small town they lives in, and they just aren't open-minded about things as you heard earlier. And his mom really wants some sort of wedding at all costs. So Howard finally decides to have sex with Emily. Ironically, from the talk with the priest. However, his attempt goes hilariously wrong, and they don't have sex since he's distracted by Emily's videotape on the TV, which is playing Sweating to the Oldies with Richard Simmons. <laughs> After leaving Emily's house, Howard rides aimlessly on his bicycle and is almost hit by a car driven by Peter Malloy. Howard vents to Peter about how his life is turned upside down, and we find out a little bit more about Peter. 
You couldn't possibly understand what this is like. Howard, I'm gay. You're what? I'm gay. I came out. To whom? Ooh, to everyone. My folks, my boss, my dog. You know, one day I just snapped. I just got tired of switching pronouns and remembering to lower my voice, and I couldn't take lying to the people that I love. Does that sound familiar? No. So, I just said, Mom, Dad, Sparky, I'm gay. What happened? Well, my mom cried for exactly 10 seconds. My boss said, who cares? And my dad said, but you're so tall. Howard, everyone surprised me once, once I let them. Once I trusted them. You know, sometimes the worst thing you think can happen turns out to be the best thing. For you. For anyone. But I'm not gay! What was Streisand's eighth album? Uh, Color Me Barbara. Stud. Everyone knows that! Everyone where? The little gay bar on the prairie? You know what you need? I need a wedding! I need... You kissed me. You noticed. You, you, this, this is not Los Angeles. What, people don't kiss in Greenleaf? Not at a intersection! Oh, hello, sweetheart. Mom! Dad! Hi! Look, it's the cake. Everything well, okay there? Oh, well, yeah, fine. We, uh, we, uh, this is my Peter. Friend, Peter, we just ran into each other here at the intersection. Homosexual. Intersection. I gotta go. It's that fella from TV. After getting a long kiss from Peter, Howard then hilariously tries to listen to a self-help cassette about being a manly man, whatever that means. (laughs) Welcome to our series on exploring your masculinity. This is audio tape number one, Getting a Grip. Are you dressed in suitably masculine attire? Very. Are you in control? Yes. Are you ready to take charge? Are you a man? Yes. Stand up. Stand straight and tall. Excuse me, are we a little teapot? Untuck your shirt. Just one side. Oh. You hate this. Don't you? Well, look at it. You want to be neat. You want to be tidy. Adjust yourself. Not there. The package, sissy man. The family jewels. Grab them. Mm. You're in a barroom. Okay. Repeat after me. Yo. Yo. Hot damn. Hot damn! What a fabulous window treatment. What a fabulous window That was a trick. We have come to the most critical area of masculine behavior. What? Dancing. First I was afraid. I was petrified. Truly manly men do not dance. Oh, come on! Under any circumstances. 
This will be your ultimate test. At all costs, avoid rhythm, grace, and pleasure. Whatever you do, do not dance. Walt. Can you hear it? Yes. Can you hear the demon? Dance, the demon whispers. Everyone else is dancing. They're getting down. They're getting funky now. They're having fun. Not you. No. Catch the fever. Feel the heat of the disco beat. It's calling to you. Do not listen. Men, do not dance. They work. They drink. They have bad backs. They do not dance. Hold still. Hold tight. Whatever you do, do not dance. So, how did you do, pussy boy? <laughs> and Howard dances to his heart's content. Arnold can barely walk. <laughs> That's such a great line. <laughs> so the big day arrives, and the church is packed for Howard and Emily's wedding. Even Peter is in the audience. And everything goes off without a hitch. That is, until they exchange vows. Emily says, I do, and Howard says, I'm gay. And with that, Howard decides at his wedding to a woman to announce to his parents and basically the whole town that he's gay. Everyone is stunned, including Peter. Emily is heartbroken and upset and incredibly embarrassed. Sorry. Thank God my parents are dead. This would have killed them. Are, are you are you really gay? <laughs> Was there oh any other time you might have told me this? I'm wearing a wedding dress which you picked out. I, I, I highlighted my hair because you said I needed shimmer. I, I loved you and, and believed you and, and pretended not to notice the Streisand thing. I thought, thought you were just creative. I thought you were just smarter than me and more sensitive and more interesting. I, well, I thought you were the most wonderful man who ever lived. I, I thought you could just change my life and... And show me the whole world and teach me about art and life and, and magic. And I thought you could make me feel like a beautiful woman instead of the girl nobody wanted. Oh, no. Emily. But, but. Emily. Emily. 
times I've had to watch Funny Lady! It was a sequel. She was under contract. Fuck Barbara Streisand! And you! And with that, the bride is off and running. Well, escaping hilariously in her car. Howard is now coming to grips with what he just announced to the town and also the world since Peter filmed everything. Emily drives around and ends up in a roadhouse bar. Of course, Peter is there as well. Vodka okay? That's right. Straight up. And uh, some peanuts. Lots of them. I don't care about anything anymore. What else have you got back there? I just want to eat. I just want to gorge. Hey, thanks. You're from TV. Guilty. You're that guy. What are you doing here? Well, I am getting drunk. I had a bad day. Very, very bad day. Excuse me? You win. I hate men. <laughs> am I so repulsive that no man would want me? No. But you're very attractive. Howard didn't think so. Howard didn't want me. Listen to me. <laughs> now, this is Howard's problem, not yours. And he should have told you years ago. Okay? I love you. You're nice. I'm not nice. I'm a hack. I'm show business garbage. Hmm. Will you sleep with me? What? Three years! Oh my god. Three years of sunsets and long talks and loving support of friendship. God. This is my wedding night. I'm there. I'm ready. This is a medical condition. Gee, thank you. But um, I can't. What, are you married? Are you seeing someone? I I don't care. You're a man. I'm a woman. I'm gay.
okay? Do you need help? No, no, no. I'm just beyond help. I'm, I'm just a Grinch. I'm a jinx. Uh, Miss, Miss Montgomery? I love Joan Cusack. There's a fun fact. Both Cusack and Dylan were in My Bodyguard together as teenagers, and it was their film debut back in 1980, which makes it really hilarious that Cusack would have been Matt Dillon's teacher in the film. <laughs> but they try to say that she was his student teacher. Okay, you can suspend disbelief. As Howard feared by coming out, he's been fired from his teaching job, even though nothing has really changed about him. Everything has changed around him. The final 15 minutes of the film deals with the town getting a wake-up call and looking at the mirror before judging someone they love before the Oscars announcement caused all of this nonsense to begin. The movie is a lot of fun, and it's meant to be satire in many ways. It's supposed to be a lighthearted take on a topic that wasn't covered often in mainstream films. The cast and the acting is terrific. Unfortunately... This film couldn't be made today with humor. More and more movies today are just sterile and boring because they play it safe. So thankfully, you can still go back and watch older films that were actually funny, and the filmmakers weren't worried about a few tweets from faceless screen names. So while this movie is an enjoyable comedy, the more serious note of how relationships and views change towards a person when that person hasn't changed at all is an important message in the film, and I think the movie balances the humor with its serious message pretty well. Now on a personal note, and I've never even mentioned this on my podcast, but my all-time favorite teacher was my high school freshman and senior year English teacher who was a gay black man named Mr. Dean. He allowed us to be creative and enjoy the process of learning. I mean, he allowed me to do a presentation in front of the class on ACDC. <laughs> How cool is that? And then our final project was to film a TV commercial, and we copied Eddie Murphy's skit on Saturday Night Live called The Galactic Prophylactic. Now, not many teachers would have let us get away with that sort of thing, but he liked that we had a fun and creative time while making our commercial and our final project. 
Interestingly enough, not too long after I graduated, I was told that Mr. Dean was gay. And about a year later, in and out was released. And what stood out for me in the film was how some of the students' attitudes changed when they found out their teacher was gay, when they thought he was straight. And some couldn't have cared less, while others didn't know how to react. Now, in my case, it never even occurred to me to care about whether Mr. Dean was gay or straight. He was my favorite teacher regardless. And the discovery was more of an interesting tidbit than some sort of groundbreaking revelation. Now, I'm just thankful I had such a great teacher for not just one year, but two. And by Mr. Dean allowing his classes to be creative, in turn, it allowed me in the future to be creative with my own personal endeavors without even realizing it, like this podcast. So I am forever grateful to Mr. Dean and thank you. All right, some fun facts. Joan Cusack was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, but she lost to Kim Basinger and L.A. Confidential. The Oscar statuette used in the film is actually Kevin Klein's. He won it in 1989 for his performance in A Fish Called Wanda. Now, Elizabeth Hurley was considered for the role of Sonia, which was Matt's girlfriend in the film. All right, that's it. I would highly suggest checking out in and out I think it's a great ride. And again, it's not the type of film that would be made today. It could be made today. I just don't think it would be very funny at all. <laughs> And I've already covered the reasons why. And I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.